Today we're talking about the very important book on international career couples called the International Career Couples Handbook. Now, you may have heard me speaking about this handbook before. I feel that for anybody that is considering working internationally or is already part of an international career couple, it's a really useful and important book to get your hands on, read, digest, work on. And I'm hoping that this episode is going to bring that to life a little bit more. I'm really excited to have been able to speak to the two authors of the book, Yanni Astrid Scott Hansen and Dr. Paul van der Broek. Both of them are part of international career couples. Both of them are parents. Um, they've both worked internationally. Um, Yanni is a seasoned human resource professional. She has um, founded an international community and here we are global amongst many other things. Dr. Paul van der Broek um, has got a career managing talent in multinational organizations. He's an executive coach. He's an accomplished researcher, a sought-after speaker on gender balance and leadership development. So between the two of them, they came together and took everything they knew from their own experience, put in a lot of research to develop a framework, um, a suggestion of mindset on how international career couples can start to approach this really challenging and complex conversation that they have with each other. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm really excited to say hello to Paul and Yanni, who are the authors of the International Career Couple Handbook, and to welcome you to the podcast today. We're going to spend some time talking about the handbook today, but first I would wonder if you would like to introduce yourselves, let the listeners know who you are. All right, uh, thank you very much, Kate. It's a, it's a great pleasure and an honor to be with you uh, on, on this podcast. And uh, if I may start, so uh, Paul Vanderbroek, I'm a, um, an HR executive student, executive coach. Um, and uh, throughout my career, as well as my personal life, um, I've been uh, part of uh, a partner in, in a dual career couple. And uh, um, moved uh, to several countries uh, myself in different capacities, but also through my work both in HR and as an executive coach, I've uh, come across with many um, leaders and also young professionals who are uh, in the situation of being part of a dual career couple and um, are, um, yeah, are working with that that challenge, um, and uh, that also has. Uh, inspired me to do work in that, particularly after um, I had the opportunity to, to meet Yanni, uh, who has a, a similar, a different experience, but uh, but the same idea as, as I have. So uh, Yanni, over to you. Thank you, Paul. And thanks to you, Kate. Lovely to be here on this uh, very needed uh, podcast also, right? Uh, we are here on the same mission to uh, really promote international career couples, how we support them and uh, how we create meaning uh, when we live these uh, sometimes crazy lives <laughs> internationally. So uh, I'm here with Paul. I have been writing this book together with Paul because I think it's needed that we look at uh, global careers in new ways and... Um, 
My foundation for doing so is that I've been living abroad for altogether seven years uh, together with my family. I was not the one finding the job contract right, uh, but I was the one who was supposed to find my way uh, personally and professionally. So um, combining that with my experience in HR in uh, a corporate uh, setting, um, I find that uh, Paul and I complement each other in now su su sorry, suggesting some new solutions to uh, what are the pains, what are the challenges when couples uh, move internationally, but also to come with uh, concrete specific solutions on how to go about that. So now I specialize in change management, leadership uh, development, and uh, I would never have ended here professionally if I had not taken the leaps of faith together with my husband, right? So I'm also here to advocate and encourage others to take that uh, chance if you're offered to go to a new country, right? Mm, lovely. Thank you so much. And as I mentioned earlier, you are the authors of the International Career Couple Handbook, which this podcast is named after because when I was looking and you know what's the co the correct wording, what's the wording that we should be using, this was the, the right wording. This is the one that made um, sense of it to me. I can't say enough how important I think the handbook is. And I was saying to my partner earlier on before we came on, I feel like everybody that's moving internationally should have access to this. I wish we'd had it when we were first making our decisions to move abroad because it's research-based it's tested it's based on your experience and the experiences of other people and we'll come to talk about that but I wondered if in your words you could say what the purpose was of the handbook for you to either of you I don't know Paul yeah you know well I mean and, and Yanni can can add to that I think what came from is that that uh, both Yanni and I uh, through our personal experience as well as our professional experience um, where we have met uh, uh, many people in those situations, um, we, we have seen that that uh, on the one hand um, there is um, uh, help from from organisations uh, to 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 move people uh, around uh, to make them mobile, um, um, and also there's a, there's an increasing willingness of of people to do that, uh, whether on, on on the initiative of their employer. Yet at the same time, uh, there is little recognition for the specifics of the situation of uh, a dual career couple, um, first of all, and secondly, that, that moves around. And therefore, there's a lot of uh, effort and money being spent uh, on these matters without necessarily tackling uh, the, the challenges that uh, these specific uh, couples and families are faced with. That's one thing. And the other thing, uh, the 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 realization of those couples often is also not there in the sense of that they are in a different situation and need to do different things as well as take the initiative to themselves to make sure that uh, uh, their move as well as their future together uh, is successful both from a couple perspective as well as from a career perspective. That's so important, right? That we are also aiming at striking a balance between what can you expect from your organization, company, whatever, 
when you have an expatriation international assignment ahead of you? And what do you need to take care of yourself? This thing about uh, in, in global mobility, uh, international HR, there's a lot of uh, talk about uh, the challenges, the pains, and, and really organizations cannot take it away from you. It's your personal life. You need to take some decisions. We invite international career couples to take informed decisions that cater for both parts of the couple. So this means we also emphasize finding meaningfulness so that you don't end up maybe later in your work life or even at the end of your career, looking back at your uh, joint life together and say, I regret too many things. I regret the choices we made. So rather we want to invite people to look into their joint future and take informed uh, decisions that both parties are in on. And within the handbook for, you know, I'm inviting everybody to go and, and take it, take a look and get the book. Um, but you talk about the future map and really it takes you through. So anybody that goes to read it, there are well thought out, tested exercises for each part to help you think this through. Um, and by the end of that, you'll have your future map. And I, I suppose within the book, what it's encouraging people to do is this is a continuous conversation. It's not just have it at one point when maybe when one of you gets an offer for a job or you're thinking about moving abroad, but it becomes a living and breathing um, map that you, that you work with. Um, so that really came through to me that it, it's something that people can use. And I certainly find myself for my work as a coach and just for interest diving into it, it truly is a handbook. Um, so thank you both for putting that out into the world. <laughs> Paul, you said something earlier, you were talking about um, sort of the overlap between international career couple and dual career couple and how it can be helpful for everyone. So could you say a little bit more about that? Yes. So, I mean, what we're talking about are people who are in a situation where they are in, in a couple. So they have a, a love relationship, which makes them live together and want to have a future together, um, perhaps with children, perhaps not. And on top of that, uh, for both partners, um, uh, their career uh, is important. Uh, it's part of their life, it's part of their identity, it's part of their, their happiness, their motivation. So that plays a role in, in a couple. Then you have a dual career couple where you need to, to, to find a way to, to, to stay together happily. And at the same time, uh, both partners um, uh, having a, a, a satisfying and fulfilling a career. Now that in itself is 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 complex enough. But if on top of that uh, there is a national uh, comes international mobility, that becomes even more complex. And uh, people who are in this situation, dual career couple and uh, international, are very talented. They have resources. They have a lot of energy. They they put a lot of uh, are able to put a lot of work in in both their couple and their career. Um, but nevertheless. It's complicated, and therefore, to have some help with with uh, reducing that complexity, uh, I think is is necessary, and that uh, that is what we want to offer. Absolutely, and Yana, you were talking about um, the, the keeping the balance, so between people having personal responsibility for the choices that they make, so that they can have um, both be satisfied in their careers and not look back and say, actually, I regret that decision. 
or perhaps I might even venture if you do look back and say, well, maybe we'd have done that differently. At least it was purposeful and meaningful at the time the decision was made rather than just a, a, a knee-jerk reaction to something. But I'm wondering if you can say a little bit more about that balance and where you see that now. We were talking about having that sort of future-oriented conversation as to where the support for international career couples needs to go. Mm -hmm. So could you say a little bit more about that? So in my mind, we should be moving towards a world where organizations do not treat uh, employees, you know, any different regarding whether they are locating internally or international, right? It's about caring for employees, knowing that uh, people live holistic lives. They have partners and families, uh, and uh, we assume that everyone wants to uh, create thoughtful decisions for themselves and, and their families, right? So this thing about ensuring that we at least have a conversation about this next move for you, how is that uh, relevant for you? How does it fit into your life scenario right now? The future map is important because we know, and, and the three of us all have coaching experience, right? Having a plan, some kind of <laughs> blueprint uh, or a direction is important. Then life will hit you in mysterious and wondrous ways. <laughs> and then it's nice that you at least have had those conversations. First of all, with yourself, what, what is important to me, but also with your significant other. So that means, uh, as an example for my own life, me and my husband, we use the future map and, and we have, uh, we call it uh, big, big summit meetings. We have a Danish expression for it. Like every half year, we check in with each other. Uh, and our secure space is usually um, a weekend without kids. <laughs> and then uh, we turn to our future map and see what has changed since last time. Even our vision for our future may also be moderated slightly depending on what opportunities have arised since we last had our talk, right? Part of the future map is also looking into your strengths, the competencies that each of you hold. How are we expanding uh, our competence um, portfolio, right? What is important to us now? Maybe that's different depending on uh, maybe your parents' uh, situation, right? As an example. So this thing about taking ownership of your life and especially when it involves relocation when it involves international transition because we all know that's particular particularly rewarding but also challenging it takes resources right it, it can drain you um, so at least having that foundation uh, having those important conversations with your significant others can make it slightly less bumpy um, and at what Paul and I often uh, say is that when you've done your inner work, when you have had those conversations, it makes it probably easier to take that yes or no decision when a new opportunity arises. It's, it's almost always inconvenient, isn't it? Because <laughs> you are busy living your life and having other plans, right? When these opportunities come to you. Yes, indeed. And I think what 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 Yanni um, says and the example she, she's given uh, about the future map, um, it, it really also is an, uh, a, um, a way of, of empowering yourself as a copy. Because if you, you look at people, in particular professionals, um, you know what what really motivates them is to to be be autonomous. Uh, at the end of the day, nobody wants to be dependent. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. And whereas it can be comfortable 
to 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 just follow the decisions that your employer takes for you and send you here or there and uh, under these conditions and so forth. Um, at the end of the day, it's not really doesn't really make you happy. But having this feeling of taking life in your hands, including your career, uh, and 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 influencing the decisions um, uh, and empowering yourself, uh, as I said before, that that's really a way to 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 have a uh, satisfactory, satisfactory and happy life as a couple, but also in your career. And as you say that, because those conversations will come up at work, either planned or you perhaps you get the, can you come in? I've got some, I remember um, probably my husband Ian's first move, I think came at the end of a night out and his manager just said, oh, would you fancy going to <laughs> exactly. And he said, yeah, this is before we were married actually. He said yes, and I heard about it from his dad. Um, that was the beginning of our international. So I think I'd gone, I'd been somewhere before, but that was kind of the beginning of okay. Actually, we need to take account of these things. I've actually forgotten about that for a while. I have to yeah. remind him of it. And so then you can be in those conversations and have a, more ownership of what you're you're saying to the employer. But yeah, and it was interesting. You you posed a question as you started to speak earlier, and you said. That from I suppose if it's the HR person or, or the line manager for them to say how does this fit now with your circumstances which is a very different question than I, I remember being asked are you mobile that was the question it wasn't anything about what else what are your plans for the future just do you consider yourself to be mobile now and I said yes yes Ian, or no <laughs> Ian had said yeah. the same to his organization and our kind of interpretation of that was Whoever gets the opportunity first will go if we like the location. But the, the question that you're suggesting there that companies are asking is quite different. And so I'm wondering if you, you could explore what your perspectives of where companies can bring this balance for people as well. So first of all, it's all in the relations, in the language we use, right? So I guess the initial conversation be would be between your direct manager as an employee, right, when an opportunity arises. So I think that corresponds with uh, what is uh, needed uh, in the world right now in, in general, that we talk about what matters, you know, stress levels are up and there's lots of, um, yeah, whatever, uh, threats and challenges, what not. We are talking about people and this is what we are continuously saying that uh, it's not about whether you are a mobile employee or whether you expect these tags don't really help us a lot right it's about having a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with your employee about is this something that uh, is relevant and meaningful for you right now knowing that in a lot of organizations it's mostly a short-term perspective you have can we move this employee X for three years to company Z. Yes, yes or no? Are you mobile? Yes or not? So rather we are saying, let's have those conversations with a more long-term perspective. Also thinking about the repatriation, that's another darling of mine, <laughs> where I think we, we also tend to focus on the challenges and problems. How can we turn this into opportunities? And I think part of that key is to uh, ensure that our language uh, in a corporate setting allows us to have these conversations about meaningfulness. We just have one life, right? What is it we'd like to achieve and how can it all make sense to us um, once we look back at the steps we took 
later on. What do you think, Paul? We are trying to to merge being strategic, you know, the, this more male language, organization language, with also the more soft language about um, feelings. <laughs> yeah. No, and, and um, you know, I, I think the, uh, it, it happens in, in a particular context also. I mean, I just want to point out what, what's happened during COVID, um, uh, you know, um, uh, all of a sudden, everybody became aware that people have your colleague has a personal life. Yeah, uh, all of a sudden we sat before a screen and there were cats and children uh, moving <laughs> across the street. The screen and you had you could see what people, uh, what, what artwork they had on the wall. That says something about it. Now before COVID, of course, that played a role in their work. Uh, only we weren't aware of it. Now it's very visible. I think that that has led to a certain consciousness that. There is a connection between personal life and, and work life. Um, and um, I would hope that that leads also to, to indeed a more holistic conversation about uh, when it is about recruiting somebody or moving somebody uh, to, to a different country, that, that more aspects are taken into account, um, as well as for the people themselves who are concerned that they, because of that, now also are more conscious when, well, separating my personal life from my work life is only to a certain extent possible. They they do mix and, and they need to be taken into account uh, in order to move forward and, and, and be successful in what I want to do. We're talking about COVID there, and I suppose COVID has opened up some opportunities with countries doing different things with, with visas and where you're able to travel to and where you know how you can work differently now. Uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on the missed opportunities that organizations might have if if they don't start to see people holistically. And I suppose that we talk thinking there more about more women in leadership, where the work demographic is going to go. So I suppose what's the missed opportunity and also what is the huge opportunity for organizations if they get this right? So first and foremost, they, uh, be, female right. leadership, right? Uh, diversity. But let's speak about diversity in broader terms. Of course, mm -hmm. the, the gender equality, having more female leaders, that's certainly a missed opportunity if we don't create the right conditions for women to take and seize these opportunities. We've seen examples of women who are saying they were not asked, like maybe consciously, unconsciously, they were not the first ones being asked. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Has to be equal opportunities there. But also in terms of age, right, Paul? That's also something that's taking up our attention, right? Yes. Um, how do organizations ensure that there are equal opportunities for everyone in the organization to, to have those international assignments short-term as well, right? So we tend to think about one to three years abroad, which could also be like shorter term uh, experiences. We want to really encourage everyone to think in in those opportunities, right? That includes the younger generations. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think they will accept these maybe more uh, square, uh, even black and white, uh, you know, descriptions of expats or expat spouse or trailing spouse, all of that, they are simply uh, eager to learn and live uh, their most wholesome lives with the pe people they love. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that may include having hybrid solutions, like being away from each other six months or 
um, working online, you name it, digital nomads, all of that, that mm-hmm. have arisen over the last yeah, years. Huh? Absolutely, and uh, it, it, it's and this this thinking of of uh, different stages in in career is important both for 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 women leaders uh, to have the opportunity, but also for men. But it it's it, for the time being, it's particularly a, a challenge for women leaders about to have the opportunity to 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 um, go slower for a while in your career while you. Uh, want to spend more time with uh, with your, your your children, and then afterwards accelerate again uh, once it's over. And for the time being, it, it's often um, uh, the case when once you step out or go part time, uh, you can't go back again onto uh, onto the career track, and that sh- should change. And the same thing for expatriation and uh, age people. I recently, in in my my coaching capacity, I recently talked to 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 women executives who are in a situation where they um, uh, have children who, who left home um, and their job has become bigger, more global, and um, it makes sense for them to uh, move from their country to another continent where the headquarters of the company is uh, to be able to do their job better for reasons of time zones and availability sources. And yeah, and that, that makes perfect sense. Um, and that would be the first expatriation after what a career of 20 25 years um that's something which is fairly unheard of and, and yanni is absolutely right uh, we should look at that kind of diversity too as you're speaking there one of the exercises in the book is about that role mapping and yeah. you're talking about how that changes so within the i suppose that's where you both look at what the roles are that you play within your couple and partnership and how that i suppose how that how that works, what the different roles are, but what you're describing there is actually a changing role for yes. somebody and how that can influence when somebody's ready to move, which, which might take it international or, or maybe it's that it's more frequent international moves or travel or whatever that might look like. We've been chatting for about 25 minutes or so, and I, I was wondering, I suppose, what your thoughts are. I, I'm wondering if I can ask you this in, in two different ways. One would be, what your key recommendations are for international career couples, what you would kind of be highlighting to them, but to get that um, that you're able to bring, what your key uh, advice would be for HR, global mobility professionals and organisations as we move forward. I don't know if you both want to answer both or if one <laughs> of you wants to take either of those categories. I love your question, Kate. Sometimes these open-ended, you know, best advice, what would it be? Uh, For me, I would say uh, honor this opportunity in life. It is to have uh, international uh, adventures coming your way. I would always say, go do, go for it. (laughs) It can feel... uh, painful and you have doubts and whatnot, but I have seen so many examples of people growing, uh, being transformed while living in a new country. And this can also be in countries where you may think, ah, this is maybe not so interesting or what's there for me to explore. Well, if you're open, there are always things to learn and uh, you can develop uh, quite a lot yourself and you can also see your partner in new situations. It's always a gift for the children, disregarded <laughs> that there are challenges, we, we know for sure. Um, but I would always say, um, yeah, 
take that deep dive, but make sure you do it with open eyes. That you think about the consequences, right? That you have a little longer term perspective. Over to you, Paul. Yeah, so uh, let me take the, the organizational or the HR perspective. Um, I like again to to come back to 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 COVID. Now, COVID has caused a lot of tragedy and, and drama and, and, and horrible, horrible things. No question about, and also psychological uh, damage damage to to younger people in particular. But if you look at it economically, it has been a success story for how that crisis has been been, been handled, and that's not due necessarily to 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 governments or organizations being smart about it. But I think it's particularly been due how uh, employees or particular professionals have handled that situation. People being able with with schools being closed, uh, childcare being closed from one day to the other, staying at home. Uh, having uh, double tasks as as a family, uh, while at the same time keeping their job running uh, at at a distance. I think if you look at it overall, that has been a remarkable uh, success of 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 adaptation, uh, uh, change management, and also innovation. And I think I, I would 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 hope and expect that organizations and and, and my previous HR colleagues look at that from that sector, see what. Uh, people can do uh, if you empower them uh, and put them in a situation. And that should lead to different conversations about combining uh, two careers and couples, combining mobility and two careers than, than before. How much are you seeing those conversations within organizations as, uh, at the global mobility and the HR level? So for ourselves, we have been doing several workshops now in-house for organizations, mm -hmm. uh, including a business school, because this is also relevant for MBA students, for example, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, and of course, we would encourage that to happen a lot more, that in whatever way or form, there is this opportunity created to have these conversations, right? If that's in a one-on-one -on -one con conversation between employee and managers, then we come a long way, right? But if we can always create, also create a structure around this, so it's kind of uh, maybe a hygiene factor that you count uh, in, that you uh, consider that there's two in a box <laughs> oftentimes, right? And that leads me to uh, what you said, Paul. It's also a matter of advocating for uh, organizations also recruiting talent that maybe doesn't fit into the usual uh, standard boxes. Because when you have been abroad without a clear-cut job description, you have tried so many new things that's maybe not easily recorded in a CV. But mm -hmm. rather, it's about how you approach life, how you can manage things, how much you can cope with, etc. All of these competencies that are actually transferable. And this is also what we uh, advocate for. And here we are global, the, the uh, network I established when I was in Kyrgyzstan. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it all comes together, that it's about creating uh, global careers that are joyful and meaningful and organizations can do their part in, in tearing down the barriers that hinder us in, in doing exactly that, especially for the younger generations as well. Thank you both so much for your time today. I was wondering if you would if you would like to 
say a little bit about where people can access the handbook and you, you're talking about working more with organizations, just where you see this going next from your perspectives in the work that you're doing. So um, the best way to access both the book uh, as well as the, the, the tools we have developed to go with the books and worksheets as well as uh, other information, uh, the here we are global network, um, uh, and, and other possibilities like workshop. It's best to go to the Here We Are Global website. Um, and if you just want to have the book, then it's available on Amazon. Both of us are also easily to find on LinkedIn and can be contacted there. So whatever um, uh, media is 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 uh, the most. Uh, uh, helpful for people, they, they can do that. And going forward, we, we continue with our work with, with, on the one hand, offering uh, uh, workshops for uh, couples concerns as well as companies. Uh, and, and also on occasion, we, we accompany uh, individual couples who want to have some, let's say, some extra coaching service from us uh, to, uh, to, to help them with the book and their specific situations or decisions they, they are facing. Thank you so much. I feel like I could speak to you for hours and hours and hours about all <laughs> the different parts of the book. I would really, really recommend that people go out there and, and buy the book and work with it. I have it as a Kindle version of my on my phone, so it's just easily, cool. easily to open there. Is there anything that you'd like to talk about before we close this podcast session? Just a shout out to er everyone like you. Kate, uh, who really sees that uh, you have something to share. Because uh, in our network, we see a lot of people who, who share this, uh, I, I should call it a mission, to make uh, international lives enjoyable, fun, meaningful. You hear me say meaningful a lot, yeah, but mm -hmm. I really mean it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there, there are so many good uh, you know, people and resources out there. And this podcast uh, is definitely one we can recommend as well, because hearing others' experiences is powerful. You're not alone. Somebody has maybe taken the same steps as you before you, and we can learn from each other. So let's keep uh, inspiring each other moving forward as well. Yeah. There's a, a key words I've been writing down are about meaningful, purposeful, making a, kind of making sense, making meaning to honor the, the adventure. The word adventure is, I find, is used a lot when we're talking about um, international lives and expat lives and that transformation. So these are all words and in, in the book you talk about, you're hoping to inspire people. And these are, it is an, an inspiring experience to, to, I don't know, to go through expatriation, if that's the right mm. terminology. So I'm completely with you in hoping that people go out there and take the plunge. Paul, anything from, from you in closing? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, Yanni has said it all. And, and I think it's, it's, it's an example of, uh, um, human rather than, than uh, artificial intelligence uh, uh, in the sense of this, this what can come out of this collective collectivity once they start sharing um, uh, and, and that, that's, that's very very powerful and uh, I think this, this opportunity to network and exchange with others uh, is very important and not to go all about it alone, even if each individual, particularly each couple is unique, but nevertheless, taking the inspiration from others is, is very helpful. Lovely. Thank you so much. I'm sure that everybody will find this episode particularly interesting. Thank you for your time. It's lovely to see you both. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much Thank for having us, Case, and good luck with your podcast. There's a call for adaptation and innovation within this episode, not just in how international career couples plan and talk to each other and have different conversations about what their international careers and lives together might look like, but also for organisations, global mobility professionals, HR people, line managers, to open up the language and change the language around international moves so that people at the heart of the conversations can have enjoyable, fun and meaningful international lives. If you've enjoyed this podcast, head over to my website, www.kategallowaycoaching.com. It would mean the world to me if you would leave a review of the podcast and to listen in to the other episodes that you may have missed. Within the show notes, there'll be information about how you can contact Paul and Yanni and get involved with the various workshops, whether that be for your organisation or if it's something you're considering for yourselves as a couple. Thank you for listening in.